Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello everyone. Happy Friday. This is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. This is not my real voice. This is my introduction voice. I'll just start talking normal now. Um, anyway, Brian Courtney, Short Bus Debate Club. Today on Friday, the whatever the hell this is, we are going to be talking about political correctness and what that means to us, what it means to you, how it kind of spawned, because now it is substantially different than what it used to be, um, and it seems like... Well, really, if you're in a room full of people, you got to really kind of walk on eggshells to make everybody fucking happy. As usual, I'm with my co-host, Darren Jolly. Get on the bus. <laughs> the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. Um, anyway, so yeah, political correctness. Um, to me, what that means is... You know, the one thing which basically says you can't say this about that person. You can't call this person that. You can't do this. Can't say that. Um, And I don't think it was always that way. I think originally, before it spawned out of control, much like, you know, the, the narcissism episode that we did, um, political correctness just meant having a certain amount of tact, you know, being tactful. Um, it didn't mean we had to categorize and recategorize people on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. Um, what do you, what do you think, Darren? Am I on the right track there? I didn't actually look it up. Well, um, you, you, one one thing that you said that I think is is really really important. I I've become fucking antisocial in many respects over the course of the last couple of years because uh, because I like to be able to be be free to think and say what what what's what's in my mind without like safeguarding everything. We, things have gotten to a point right now where. Uh, like you, you, you say one thing wrong and, and if, you know, you, you get punished forever and, and, and the pile on, like, I just, I was looking at, 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 uh, uh, like the history of it a little bit. Um, and, uh, in, in the 1930s, it's funny, uh, political correctness was used as a term, uh, by socialists in the United States who, um, were critical of people who were supporting, uh, the Stalinist regime because of all the, you know, the things that Stalin was doing and his purges and whatnot. And uh, it, they use the term as a way of, of saying that if, you, if you're going to support the ideals of Marx, you need to support them in a way where uh, humanism sort of like needs to reemerge. You're not just looking at people as part of like a calculation. Uh, but 
that yeah that obviously has nothing to do with uh with what political correctness is is today i mean i think a good place to to see where difficulties with regards to political correctness function is in comedy you know um you you, you listen to uh uh, Joe Rogan, and he gets crucified by people all the time for what he says. Dave Chappelle is the master, you know, of uh, discussing and negotiating these questions very publicly. Um, and he and he knows when he's stepped over the line with certain people, but he does it in such a, in spite of what anybody else believes, in my estimation, such a conscientious way. Um, it's kind of like what George Carlin used to do, you know, when 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 George Carlin would talk about. Uh, euphemisms that we utilize um, to try and talk about uh, people, you know, you, that you, janitor, not you know, a custodial engineer, things, things like that, you know, where everything is about like this, this sensitivity, you know. He, I like, I was listening to this thing on YouTube, and he was talking about uh, people who were uh, um, just their their nerves were shredded from being in war, and he starts with World War One, and he, you know, it was called shell shock during that time period, and throughout the years. Uh, when it gets to Vietnam, and he goes through a series of different designations that change to where it continues to soften and soften and soften uh, to where it turns into post post-traumatic stress disorder, which he suggests becomes sort of dishonest because you're not really understanding the degree with which a person's uh, psyche has essentially been shredded when they have to go through the experience of war. Um, I love I love comedy because it puts that right in our face and it shows how hip, hypocritical we can be when we when we are trying to deal with some of these more difficult questions when it comes to political correctness. Well, some of them, you know, and obviously some people thought I was funny, others didn't, but I have a tendency to get in trouble at work a lot. Um and I remember one time in particular I was hanging out at work few of the guys that I worked with were Mexican. Um, there was a white girl there and I think a couple of white guys also. So there were, you know, six of us in this group and the Rockies were about to start their, their season. It was home opener day, I think. And I said, you know, are Mexicans good at baseball because of the pinata? thought it was fucking funny and i started laughing everybody started laughing except this one mexican guy and he turned me in to human resources um you said comedy is a way to illustrate things whatever i i wasn't trying to illustrate anything except that the pinata does exist and mexicans are good at baseball um but did I overstep when I said that? Apparently. <laughs> well, the HR thing, uh, I I had a, a friend who recently, um, she had told a story on a uh, Zoom conference call, and they were just they were just talking, you know, waiting for everything to get started, and somebody brought something up about the old N word, you know, because that's that's one of the hot topics that exists in our world today. Nearsighted? Yeah, yes, nearsighted. That's exactly what I was trying to talk about. <laughs> but uh, she used the word and talked about how when she was young and she was naive, that uh, she was. it was explained to her in a way where she didn't understand the severity of it. And uh, again, she, she got... Uh, 
she got called into uh, human resources, and she was not identifying anyone as 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 anything. She was not. She was she was making an anecdotal uh, statement, and uh, this is just one of those things where, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna negotiate these questions, you cannot you cannot suppress the position, and certainly you can't have one group. Uh, utilizing the term, suggesting that that's a way to liberate it and making sure that other people don't use it at the same time. Because somehow or another, uh, that just gives the word more power than it ever had in the first place. And I'm going to tell you another thing that's kind of funny. Uh, if you talk to a person who's uh, from China and they speak Mandarin, there is a pronoun that they use, naga, naga, naga. And it's, you're going to, if you hear a person say it, you're going to hear it over and over and over again, because it's like they're, um, it's like when they're pointing at something and they can't quite think of what it is that they're saying, it's like the pronoun that expresses that. And a billion and a half Chinese people use this word and it's not going anywhere. And that doesn't mean that I think that we need to, you know, bring it back. Uh, but what I do think is that when you put it in these spaces of political correctness where, uh, it, it becomes sort of like utilized as a way of um, these people can say it, those people can't. It's like a way of expressing frustration about the way that things have gone historically, which is th that point I get. That point I can deal with. But when you take a word and you give it that much power, there's there's really, uh, well, the, uh, the sentiment that's related to it in terms of racism is not going to go away. It's going to continue to, to perpetuate. I don't want to pretend that I know what any black person went through, regardless of how old they are. Um, or or, or go through. I, th I think you're right about the giving it power thing. You know, I use the word cunt a lot. Um, every woman I know is, seems to think that that's the worst word in the world. Um, but it's only bad because you don't hear it. And and I'm not saying to bring the word back, but like you said, you know, if if you don't say the word, then you're giving it that much more power. Um, and so originally it just meant ignorant. That's it. Um, I don't know why they if they thought all slaves were ignorant and that's why they started using that term. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of words and, and to, to get rid of them because we want to be politically correct. I don't know if I exactly believe that I don't use the word, um, often. Um, but I'm not going to lie and tell you that I never use it. And anyone that says that they haven't is is also dishonest. And and I try to use, you know, my vocabulary as, as best I can. I got in trouble for using the word niggardly. And that just means cheap. Doesn't have anything to do with being black or any color. Um, so we've, we've got to be careful. Um, so I, I, I looked up the, the term political correctness um, just to check it out. And according to Oxford, 
It is the avoidance often considered as taken to extremes of forms of expression or action that are perceived to exclude, marginalize, or insult groups of people who are socially disadvantaged or discriminated against. So that is protecting a group or groups of people, right? But I think that we have stretched that way, way beyond protecting a couple of groups because um, it's now no longer just the N-word. It's this and, and that. Um, you know, you can't say this, but you can say that. And we talked about it on an episode a while back um, that basically certain within certain groups of people they don't even like the terms that have been generated by whomever whether it, it be the census or i don't know some is there a group like hispanic hispanic is a yeah well right yeah. Uh -huh. but i mean who who generates these like who says okay now well the census the, the, the census generate as far as like hispanic and, yeah. uh -huh. and black yes uh -huh. but like the non-binary or or any of those things there's a group somewhere that's coming up with these things i don't know yeah you, i mean ultimately this is just something that's a part of a certain aspect of of popular culture i mean it it has to be you know I mean, and like being respectful to people is one thing, but when it degenerates into this space where a, like I have to ask you from day to day how you want to be identified, then that that's the very it's funny because everybody again, everybody looked at Trump and said that he was a narcissist, but when you expect everybody to adjust according to how you think of yourself from day to day, that's that's the very definition of narcissism. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. So this was Gallup did a study in 2019. I couldn't find one that was more recent. And they compared it to a study that they had done in 1969. So in 1969, there was a group, I'm trying to find how many were included in the group, but they were supposed to, you know, say whether or not we like Negroes, colored, blacks, Afro-Americans, don't care and not sure. So, 38% of the group, <laughs> well, and this, there's a plus or minus 27% on this, so Ooh. I'm not sure how they calculated <laughs> that. That's a brutal differential. <laughs> so, 38% liked negroes they liked that the most um 11 percent of those liked negroes the least um six percent were not sure and six percent liked it the least so you know even in 1969 they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted to be called, you know, Negroes, colored, blacks, whatever. Um, in 2019, when they did this study again, they just gave them two, um, African-American or black, and then they had a third choice that doesn't matter. 
Well, it doesn't matter one out over black or African-American. Now, if people within the black community can't decide whether they want to be called, or should I say the doesn't matter community, because that one out big time, 64%. Um, if they can't decide how they would prefer to be designated, then how is everyone else around them supposed to decide how to designate them? And I, I think the easy answer is we're just people. Well, and there's one thing there that's, I mean, because there are certain things that are eliminated from the, uh, you're, you're down to two categories. We know not this thing, not that thing, not that thing. And that's fine. That's good. Because we those things are no longer present in the, in the discussion. Uh, because like history has moved and we're we're sort of in a different space but all we really need to do or really need to make sure of is that respect is something that we're all sharing with one another and respect does not always mean uh, absolute dispositions with regards to, to, to language like sensitivity of course has to exist because we're empathetic beings like we care about each other but sensitivity on the level of narcissism gets gets brutal and like of course like that that's not an easy line to like negotiate that's something that you have to kind of keep working on throughout your life but if the expectation is uh to where you're uh demanding certain aspects of language to function uh in a way where it's being you know constructed by the disposition of the individual solely uh they're, they're, it's impossible in that moment we ha we have to find a way to not allow these uh these words have so much power over us well and that's the thing is that i think you have to consider a couple of things um one the context in which the word was used and two you know who was using the word because mm -hmm. um, this is a lot different right if I say yeah that girl is such a cunt I just can't even believe it compared to you dumb fucking cunt are you out of your mind right you get the context thing um, one should be offensive and possibly, you know, a little bit of a fear. Yeah. It's over, over thing. the top. Right. Yeah. And the other is just a word. Yeah. It's an identification. And, you know, people call me asshole. People call me shithead. You know, people call me and I probably deserve it. You know, and, and one thing it's not, this is not just a, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about. Um, stuff in relation to uh, to black people. That's obviously not the only thing. I mean, we're, like a lot of this is rooted in the discussions in relation to identity politics. Um, and look, we we all have to be able to identify who we are. Like again, like I said in a previous episode, you know, there's 
there's me, there's world, there's the world, and then there's me in the world. Like, I, I, I can't be an actor unless I understand who I am. And, of course, that's dynamic. It's not something that's just going to, like, you immediately arrive at what whatever it is that you are. Because um, you continue to grow, you continue to change. Hopefully you do, you know. I mean, I think for myself, I try to live that way. I try, I try to be that way. But I remember, so I, I did a bunch of work I'd mentioned earlier in this uh, group um, called Beyond Chicanismo. And we were we were doing it was an oral history project. We were looking at the Chicano movement in, in Denver in the nineteen late nineteen sixties and early nineteen seventies, and we brought um, these lawyers uh, for these separatist movements out to to talk. We would always bring people in to to talk about you know their experiences in these in these organizations. Uh, we brought Ch- Chokwe Lumumba, um, who is deceased now. Um, he's a former mayor of uh, Jackson, Mississippi, but he was a lawyer. Um, he was a lawyer for the New African People's Organization. We brought uh, Francisco Kiko Martinez, uh, who is also a lawyer of the Mexican National Liberation Movement, or he had a relationship with them. I'm not sure if that was exactly, but he had a relationship with them. Um, and uh, also uh, uh, Bernadine Dorn came. She was the keynote speaker. Um, super interesting, super cool. She was one of the former spokespersons of the Weather Underground. But there was this one individual that was affiliated with the Mexican National Liberation Movement who... Uh, uh, came, I was with my sister at the time and he, he confronted me and told me that the only reason why I came to do these things was because I was, uh, suffering from liberal white guilt. And, uh, I, I, like in that moment, I just shut down, you know, and, and, and walked away from him because to be perfectly honest with you, I knew why I was doing what I was doing. I, I, you know, I had, had things in my past that made me curious and interested and trying to seek, uh, how it is that people had, uh, initiated change in relation to their own lives and try to understand the consequences of the activism that they were that they were engaging in while they were doing that stuff. Um, but that was like one of my first moments where like identity politics like smacked me over the top of the head. And uh, this notion of liberal white guilt, which is so pervasive in these circles where if you're not saying the right thing or if you're not using the right term, then then people are going to pile on you and, you know, and just just crush you and uh uh, this is so counterproductive because in in the end the the system that you're trying to engage in again we can be who we are but we have to be who we are together we can't be who we are separate otherwise it's just again that divide and conquer space where you know we're just uh relegated to ourselves and uh nothing ever happens you know it's it's kind of funny that they said that you know, the only reason you were there was because of liberal white guilt. Um, I don't know. My granddad was was probably a racist. I'm I'm pretty sure he was. Um, I didn't know my dad, but I hear he was a racist. Um, but I don't have any guilt. I don't feel guilty about doing anything because I didn't do anything. I never owned a slave. I never tried to steal land from somebody in Mexico, Texas, Southern Colorado. Um, I, I don't have any guilt and maybe in order to have liberal white guilt, you have to have some number of possessions or something. But 
I don't feel guilty about anything, again, because I didn't do anything. I am trying to repair the present and hopefully the future, but I'm not disavowing the past, but it, it wasn't mine. I mean, I acknowledge that white people did some fucked up shit. White people fucked Native Americans over probably more than any other group. Yeah, straight up, straight up genocide. Um, but I, I don't feel guilty about that. I feel horrible that anybody could do that to another human being. But that's not guilt, and that isn't why I'm trying to overcome this bullshit that we're in i mean seriously we're wasting so much fucking time trying to figure out the right thing to say without offending this and that and those and these and that and them and all everybody that we're not actually accomplishing anything and really all it promotes is uh, like a movement towards a liberal postmodern aristocracy. Like it just, it means that you can have uh, someone who's transitioned, a, 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 a Latino who's transitioned to, to, to male at the top of the CIA. You know, it means that you can have uh, a gay black woman on the Supreme court, you know, it, like on, on a certain level, those things are, are good, but it's only to promote a certain disposition that reinforces an existing power structure. It doesn't change anything. It ch it only changes the appearance, at least, would be a better way to say that. Right. It's like the numbers. Um, there was a movie Clint Eastwood and Rene Russo did out in John Malkovich, In the Line of Fire. Mm -hmm. And Clint Eastwood was joking around that he was the... Uh, group like age 65 jazz piano players and whatever and he was that demographic within the the secret service and that she was the you know female mm -hmm. and so hers was like three percent and she said well how much do you represent and he said oh well we're a small group but we're powerful <laughs> and so he called her window dressing because there were so few of them in the Secret Service mm -hmm. that they were just there for a look. Mm -hmm. They were there for a, a blurb in the newspaper. You know, they were there to check a box. Yeah, fill a quota. Yeah. And if, again, if that's what we're doing, you know, worrying about who we're calling what and where we're putting them, you know, for this position or that, then again... We're not changing anything. We're just making it look like we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's appearance. It's not. There's nothing essential about the changes themselves. Yeah. And in the long run, it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna change things, it's gonna take everybody. Everybody's gonna have to be a part of that. We're all in the same space at that point in time. So. It's a human question, you know. And again, not disparaging or denying, you know the past or any, you know, the complexities of who a person is, you know, the people that I'm closest to, I know who they are, you know, they tell me 
they tell me how to talk to them and who they are as individuals. And those people, I will always do that for. And like, I, you know, I work on the window at the post office. So when people come in, you know, if a person says something to me about how they want to be identified, of course, because I believe in self-respect. I believe in, you know, respecting others. But the preoccupation that dominates our energy is just, it's, it's, it's exhausting. And it's, again, like, like you suggested, counterproductive, you know. Or the assumption that we should automatically know how someone should be addressed yeah. because of whatever. And what if we don't know that that person is whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, gay, straight, bi, non-binary, Hispanic, whatever. So, <clears throat> you know, Hispanic is one of those where really, honestly, you can be just about any color and, and you could be Hispanic. Um, so we don't know that you're Hispanic. You didn't tell anybody you were gay. Um, but then you get offended if somebody what calls you Venezuelan or, I mean, and I'm not trying to make light of it. What I'm really trying to figure out is if we're letting the census bureau categorize us so that again, they separate us even more than what we already are. And then Twitter and, and Facebook and everything else piles on and start to create these subsets of the sets that were already created. And now it's fucking spiraling out of control. Like I said at, at the beginning, like it's made me antisocial. You know, I know that I'm not the only person who feels that way. We don't have time to be antisocial right now. The problems that are facing us are real and they're immediate. There's a there's an immediacy to them that that demands that we figure out how to attach ourselves to them in a concrete way that isn't preoccupied with all these these other apparent aspects. Okay, so from a perspective of needing to get something done right away, I've never been accused of being politically correct. Um you right i have a tendency to maybe be the opposite um which i guess is politically incorrect and i'm not trying to steal bill Maher's shit it just happens yeah nobody nobody way. really wants to steal bill Maher's shit fuck that dude um so <laughs> being politically incorrect if we want to change things i mean I guess step one is everybody needs to quit being so fucking sensitive. Um, now that I've got that accusatory tone out of my voice, what else do we do? Well, I mean, uh, like we, we could do an, a whole episode on how to build space with regards to how to move forward. But I do think that like making sure that we're focused on, you know, what's really happening in reality as opposed to the things that are being utilized as a way of dividing us is a good is a good place to start meaning that you have to understand the world that you're living in you have to understand the devices that keep you separated 
that's that's but that's complicated stuff bro that we could do six or seven episodes on that no you know? it is it is definitely complicated but i want to give you just an idea of um what the census bureau has done and how they've changed things you know over the years so that they can make sure and keep us separate so in the beginning when the census started categorizing a demographic there were three and this is in i don't know like 1785 um there were slaves free white females and males and all other free persons so there were three three categories um in 1800 same three it was basically that way up until oh shit i shouldn't have tried to do this on my phone <laughs> um looks like about 1840 they introduced a new category called black mulatto and then white. Those were the two categories. Um, so that that happened, and it doesn't give me an exact date. Oh, no, it says 1850. Okay. So 1850, that's when that happened. Um, 1860, they introduced Indian, Chinese, In 1890, it was black or of Negro descent. Um, looks like they introduced Mexican in 1930s. And then they really started going crazy. And all of them, like there's Chinese, Filipino, Japanese, Negro, Hawaiian, part Hawaiian, white, um, Indian, American. So they... They just continued to figure out ways to put us into new groups, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, because from a government perspective, what difference does it make whether you're black or Mexican or white? Okay, so if you're poor and you're getting government services... Um, whatever that looks like i don't know food stamps or some sort of subsidy check um if you're getting government services you're getting government services it doesn't fucking make a difference whether you're black or white or or hawaiian part hawaiian samoan it doesn't make a difference um 1990 other race was introduced so, if you're getting these government sor sources of support, it doesn't matter. If you're paying your taxes, it doesn't matter. Um, so, why, why are they splitting us like that? And this is, this is part of, or this is at least the seed mm -hmm. of this political correctness that we're talking about. Right? Well... 
on some level, I don't mind the concept of like Bavarian designations. Like you, you figure out where you come from and, you know, understanding aspects of that. But when it's utilized as a way of separating people from one another, uh, where, you know, then, then I have, then I have a problem with it. So, but yeah, it is essentially the seed of, of, of these divisions and of these, uh, notions that we become obsessed with in terms of, uh, making sure that people call us the right thing and and don't get me wrong you know i've always argued because like barney that stupid dinosaur in the 90s he always said you know i love you and you love me and we're all the same right <laughs> we're, it, Brian. we're not all the same regardless of you know our skin color or whatever but i think that we can embrace our differences while saying that we're pretty much the same you know i mean i i think that that's what we have to do um i like that i like that because if you're embracing the differences you're still respecting the distinction you see you see a person you know them you know who they are you know you don't pile on them if 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 you if if maybe you you say something in a certain way you just sort of you know negotiate these questions together you 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 don't because it it becomes so counterproductive if the if the function is to just pile on that's that's again like so much of of political activism is about making a person feel better about themselves and it's not about the outcome it's only about the catharsis of the moment it's about you know standing in front of a person and telling them that they're wrong you know i'm right you're wrong you know i mean that is not that, what, what what fucking good does that do? Like, honestly, you know, I mean, if we're sitting here, we're talking, if we know how to talk to one another, if we know how to think, if we know how to listen, if we know how to, to feel these things, you know, then you really become productive in those moments. Then you create possibilities. Then you open doors to places that you didn't even know were fucking there before. But if you're just sitting there trying to feel like you're superior to somebody else through an argument or elevating yourself to something over someone because you think that you're you know you're better than they are because you're you know more woke than somebody else is like i i can remember during the 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 primaries in 2020 uh for the democrats like Kristen gillibrand would go up and she would you know i'm i'm a guilty white woman you know and she's she's blonde haired you know she's a senator like it was the she most didn't actually say oh that, yes oh go back on go look at the fucking shit on youtube like she said some shit that was just like you know the 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 penitence of those moments is not found in repeating the same shit over and over again the penitence comes from creating a better world for everyone that's how you 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 demonstrate co concrete reverence in a social space not by fucking saying, you know, I'm a part of a history that was the worst thing because of this and that and this and that, and, and I'm going to put myself up on a cross to demonstrate that I am part of that historical evil. That, 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 doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't construct anything. That doesn't take us anywhere. That doesn't open up any doors. We, we need to find ways where we're, like Brian said, you know, where we're respectful, but we're recognizing that we're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I mean, we all bleed red. Um, and there's no... Well, 
I don't want to get into a whole blood spill thing, but um, I I I really think that our similarities are more important than our differences, um, because really, that's what it is. I I mean I I've said it before and and I've said it again. Um, we are the have-nots and they are the haves and i don't care what skin color is on either side um the haves have it out for the have-nots and they expect us to do all of the stuff for them you know um regardless of, of what we're talking about selling their products or pumping their gas or driving their cars or whatever um they've got plans for us shooting their guns protecting their homes and if if we could pull our heads out of our asses long enough to not be offended when somebody says a word regardless of what that word may be then we might be able to band together and make the haves work for us, which is what it's supposed, supposed to, be to be about. Yeah. When you're in power, you're supposed to be in service to the situation that you're a part of, not dominating it. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Um, I sort of thought this was going to be a funnier episode. Me too. Yeah. I was thinking about George Carlin and Dave Chappelle at the beginning. <laughs> we ended up being real fucking serious about that. And I still can't remember that George Carlin poem. All I remember, let's see. 69 assholes tied in a knot. Lizard <laughs> shit. Fuck. That was the way it finished. But I missed the first two stanzas of that. <laughs> what what's what's important about the george carlin poem i just like it and it what is it what does it say it's fucking funny i just said it something lizard shit fuck <laughs> lizard shit fuck <laughs> well it's 69 assholes tied in a knot but i can't remember the first two i don't i, I don't got anything for you i i do love him though dude And he was incredibly irreverent. And the state was so aggressive towards him because of how rat, rat shit, shit bat, bat shit, shit, dirty old twat, 69 assholes tied in a knot, lizard shit, fuck. See? That's brilliant. Of course, he didn't insult anybody except maybe bats or dirty old twats. Maybe 69 assholes who were tied in a knot. I don't know, that was just funny. I always got a kick out of that when I was a kid. I like uh, I like I liked it when he talked about craftmatic adjustable beds. That, that was funny. That was Dennis Miller. Oh, was that Dennis Miller? Okay. I didn't like I didn't like his his show was idiotic. I don't know. He, I didn't like his show but his stand up comedy was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah his stand up was funny. He he was provincial on that show though. I wanted he to punch him always, in his melon. Uh, he was too 
intellectual, I think. He thought, but he thought he was smarter than everybody, so he tried to like demonstrate that constantly. It was about the separation of his mind and where everybody else is. He's a fucking narcissist, dude. That fucking narcissist. <laughs> Him and Trump. <laughs> like Dave, Dave Chappelle, he brings you into his space. Like a good comedian brings you into their space. You know, they draw you in. You know, right. they want you to see the story. Like George Carlin and Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is the master, dude. I just can't. He's hilarious. I just can't believe that. Uh, I hope. That, I hope that we we can find a way past all this stuff. I really do, because I really hope we can have a better world than we have right now. I, I got. A, I got a kid that I want to have a good good future. So we got some work to do. Yeah, we definitely do. Um. Anyway, my message before we get off this little podcast that had its ups and downs for sure is don't be political politically correct fuck them if if they are that sensitive you don't need to be around them anyway and if you are you know find a way to be a, be stronger in your center as a person to where you're not you know I shouldn't, you don't know me. I shouldn't be able to have that much of an influence over how you feel about yourself. Like, honestly. Yeah, they're just words. Yeah. Don't cry until I punch you in the face. And then if I punch you in the face, don't cry that much. Just kick him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fuck off all of you. Um, what's the word? Uh, something. Oh, yeah. Short Bus Debate Club on TikTok. Short Bus Debate on Twitter. 720-334-ROLL. We're going to talk about uh, government assistance on Monday. So we talked about the, the corporate welfare state. We're going to talk about other discussions in relation to where people get benefits. So. And we're going to talk about dystopian movies uh, next Wednesday on the, the lighter day of the week. Um, so make sure and join us next week. All right. Thank you. Have later. a good weekend.